We begin today at the Mishnah on the bottom of Kuf Tezayin Omid Beis. Zok Ta'ilige Mishnah. Beishamai Yoimrim, Beishamai say, and this is continuing the halacha, Benigeh to a woman that comes and says that her husband passed away. So Beishamai says, Tinosei, she can get remarried, and also Vetitul Ksubasa, and she could also get her Ksuba money. Based on her testimony that her husband passed away, we trust her not only for the marriage issue, that she can get remarried, but also regarding the money matter. But we allow her to get remarried for the reasons that were explained before. We don't, we don't want her to be an agunas, for her, and so on. But regarding the money matter, that she can get paid her ksuba money, for that we're not accepting her edus. So Bishamai said to Bishilul, how could you make this distinction? You have permitted an Issa of Erva, of an Eshesish, which is very stringent. And you're not going to be Matar, or you're not going to trust her. When you get it to money ma- a money matter, which is much lighter than this Issa of Erva, of Eshesish. So Bishilul responds and says, let's look over here, there's another detail of money, which everybody agrees that we don't trust her. And that is, We find that the brothers that would yarshan from this husband that passed away do not go and get any inheritance based on her edus. This is a money matter. And, and regarding this, definitely, as Rashi brings, the Pasuk says, So if the brothers come and say, this is our money and we have to inherit this money, we tell, we tell them, listen, you have to bring edus that he passed away. So regarding that, everybody agrees. So therefore, the special kula that there was for her to get remarried is only that she shouldn't remain an aguna. So she shouldn't be held back of getting remarried. But the money matter, as we see regarding the brothers, we don't allow. So regarding the ksubba money, that she shouldn't get as well. So Amr Lam Shamai, so Bisham responded again. But Vahalai Misefi Ksubba, look at what it says inside the ksubba. Nilmaich, you could learn from this that she should get her ksubba money if she's getting remarried. Because he writes to her, what is the part of what it says in the Ksuba? Shem tenosi la'acher. If you're getting married to someone else, titli mashakosav lechi. You will take this that I write to you here in the Ksuba, that money of the Ksuba. So if she's getting married to someone else, if we allow her to get married to someone else, so she should get the money of the Ksuba as well. It says the Mishnah, v'chazru beisilo lahoyres kedivri beishamai. Beisilo came around and agreed to the halacha of beishamai that she does get the money of the Ksuba. Dr. Gemara, Rav Chizde, Rav Chizde said, Nisiyavmo, if she's uh, saying this Edus, that her husband passed away, and we trust her, and there were no children, and now she has the mitzvah of Yibum, so she was Nisiyavim, to her Yivama, Yivama nichnas lenachla alpia. Her Yavam will inherit from the brother according to her Edus. In other words, even though we just said in the Mishnah that brothers will not inherit unless they bring two Edus, like it always is regarding any money matter, but regarding a Yavam that inherits from the brother when she gets married to him, he will receive this inheritance based on her testimony that the husband passed away. And he explains why. They, before, over here in the Mishnah, we learned out from the words that it says in the Ksuba that once she gets remarried, she also gets the money of the Ksuba. So, we shouldn't darshan from what it says in the Pasuk of the Teireh. From where do we learn out that a Yavam Yarshans, he, he inherits from his brother? It says, We had this before in the Mesechtev, from the words, that he takes his brother's place, we learn out that he inherits all of his possessions. So, if that's from where we learn it out from, 
he took his brother's place, he married his brother's wife, and therefore, if he's marrying her, we also accept her edus for the yokum in the sense regarding the money matters, that he also yashans from his brother. Amr Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, going back to the halach of the Mishnah, that Beshamay and also Basil agreed afterwards that she gets also the inheritance of the, it's not, sorry, not the inheritance, the money of the Ksuba, but he says this, it depends exactly what she came and said. If she comes to Bezin and says, My husband passed away. Allow me to get remarried. So we clearly see that our only intention here with her Adis is, is to get remarried. So we allow her to get remarried. And also, And we give her her money for the Ksuba. But what if she comes to the Bezin and says as follows, She doesn't mention anything about the fact that she's looking to get remarried. She says, My husband passed away. Give me my Ksuba money. So then, even to get remarried, we don't trust what she's saying that her husband died. My time, why not? Because from the fact that she's only saying, give me my ksuba money, we see that I died to the ksuba, she's only coming and saying so because she wants to have the money of the ksuba, not because she wants to get remarried. The whole kula is only for the purpose of an aguna, but here she wants to get the money. That's not what we trust her for. So based on this Allah of Rav Nachman, the question was asked, if she comes and says both, allow me to get remarried, and give me my ksuba money. Mahu. So what's the Allah here? Do we trust her or not? Since she mentioned her ksuba, so we say that she only saying this testimony because she's thinking about her ksuba money. Or perhaps, Call Mili the Isla whatever it is that he's thinking about and he has what to demand from the best, and he says all of it. So she's not focusing only on the Ksuba money. She wants to get remarried. That's one thing and maybe the main thing. That's the first thing she mentioned. And she also wants to get her Ksuba money. But just because she mentions her Ksuba, it doesn't mean that she, her, that's her main point. She, she wants to get remarried and for that there's a Heter. According to some Gersas, you guys is here now then, if you're going to say regarding this case where she says both. And she says, first, I want to get remarried. And then afterwards, she says that she wants the Ksuba money. So I say that, that she's saying the two points that she wants to tell the Bezdin. And she really is also thinking that she wants to get remarried. So we should trust her. But the question would be then, what if she says it in the, in the opposite order? Give me my Ksuba. And allow me to get remarried. So what's going to be the Allah in this case? So should I say, The fact that she's mentioning first the Ksuba and then about getting remarried, so for sure she's mainly focused on getting her money of the Ksuba and therefore we don't trust her for that. Or perhaps, It's possible that this woman doesn't know the Allah. She doesn't realize what it is that will cause her to be permitted to get remarried. She thinks that it's sort of a condition. She has to first get her ksuba and money, and then she'll be able to be fully released from her husband and get remarried. Maybe that's the reason why she mentioned the ksuba first. Like, let me finish with all the matters of my deceased husband, and then I'll be able to go and get remarried. So therefore, the fact that she mentions that first doesn't mean she's focused on the money. Teiko, so this remains unresolved. So now going back to a woman or Bakhlal, it's not only a woman, but over here, this is based on what we learned before, that Eid Echad is believed to say testimony for a woman that her husband passed away. And the Eid Echad does not only have to be a kosher Eid Echad, but even a person that's usually possible for Eidos, and Eid Echad regarding this is believed. But there are a few exceptions, as the Mishnah will say, of certain women 
that can say Eidos for someone, for this woman, but they're only saying the Eidos because they want to make trouble. They want to cause trouble for this woman, so they come to say Eidos that her husband passed away. They hate her, there's a certain animosity, and therefore we don't trust them. So who are these women? All people are trusted to say testimony for this woman that her husband passed away. Besides her mother-in-law, so basically all of the people that the Mishnah is going to mention here, as Rashi brings here in the Mishnah, we'll see in the Gemara as well. So a mother-in-law, there's a certain hatred between a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law, and that is because this mother-in-law says to herself, the money that I'm bringing in, all the income that comes to my husband, what happens eventually? When my husband passes away, so the son is going to yashin it, and then my daughter-in-law is going to eat all that money, he's going to take all my money, that I, my income goes to him. That's the source of the animosity between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And similar, the other people that the Mishnah here mentions, the pastors, the reason is because of the same kind of a concept. That the, the sort of that jealousy or that concern that this person eventually is going to take all my money. Ubas chamaisa, and the same thing also with the daughter of the mother-in-law, or really the sister-in-law. The sister-in-law thinks the same thing. Look, here, this is my brother. He's going to inherit my father when he passes away, and my sister-in-law is going to really be the one that's going to eat up all that money from my father. Vitsarasa, and benigeh to atzara, co-wife. There's always that uh, rivalry, rivalry between uh, the two wives. This is not necessarily related to money. The relationship with the husband, so there's always a rivalry between the two wives. And also, the Yivimta, the Yivimta over here, as Rashi says, refers to the wife that's currently married to your husband's brother, to, to the, the, the Yavam. Right? So she's, she's referred to as Yivimta. So she is thinking to herself, uh, she also has a certain hatred to this woman that may one day be her co-wife. So this is actually an interesting thing, because Tasis points out that really, this Yavama, if she would come and say testimony, that this woman's husband passed away, she's only causing herself trouble. Because now, this woman will become her co-wife. Until now, she's married to another person and she's not, she doesn't have to live together with her. She's only causing herself trouble. But Taisu says that it goes so far that she'd be ready to cause this trouble to her brother's wife. I mean, temporarily, she's going to have to suffer from this. That now, there's going to be a yivum, but eventually, the original husband, the brother, will show up and now she's going to be also to live with him and also to live with her pre- previous husband. She's ready to suffer that period of time when she'll have to be together with her as long as later she's going to be messed up for life or for whatever with these two husbands here. The, line, the final one is Ubaz Bailo. When there's a daughter of, of uh, her husband that's, that's not, not her daughter, a daughter from her husband from a different wife, so also there's the, the hatred and therefore we don't trust what the Bas Bailo says about the, the husband. The Mishnah finishes off with another halacha. Ma ben get lemisa. What is the difference between a woman that comes with a get and says that my husband divorced me and we trust her then? Lemisa, when it comes to a case of misa, that we don't always trust. The, the, the level of trust when it comes to... Even in cases, there are certain cases that women are not believed to say that their husband passed away. We had before, there are certain cases, if, if there's a mulchama bailam and if there's a fight and so on, but by a get, a woman that comes with a get and says that her husband divorced her, we always believe her. So the reason for this difference is, shaksav mechiach, because by a get, we're not only relying on what she says, we're also relying on the fact that she's bringing a get, and we're seeing what it's written in the get. The question was asked regarding what it said in the Mishnah. 
So the Mishnah spoke about Bascha Maisa, when you have a sister-in-law, which is a daughter of your mother-in-law. So over there, there's a certain hatred, and therefore she's not believed to say testimony for her sister-in-law. But the question is, Bas Chomia Maho. What if this sister-in-law is only a daughter of the father-in-law, not a daughter of the mother-in-law? Is it they're from a different wife, and they only share the same brother, the same, same father that is, but not the same mother. So it's a daughter of the father-in-law. So is, is there the same Allah there that is a certain hatred and therefore she should not be believed? Do I say, time with the Bascham the reason why the daughter of the mother-in-law is not believed, because there's a mother-in-law here. And that a mother-in-law does not like her daughter-in-law. And therefore, so the daughter like mother also does not like her sister-in-law. But it's all because of the attitude of the mother. So the daughter sort of takes the same attitude as the mother. But here, since she does not share the same mother, she's just the daughter of the father-in-law. And mitzah the father-in-law, there isn't that same kind of, there isn't that hatred. So therefore, there's no concern regarding the, the daughter as well. Or perhaps the reason is, the reason why there's a hatred by a, daughter-in-law, by, by a sister-in-law. In other words, the daughter of the mother-in-law. Why is there this hatred? Like I mentioned in the Mishnah, the Amra, because the sister-in-law says, that here, my sister-in-law is going to end up eating all of the income of my mother. My mother brings in this income to my father. And then when my father passes away, my brother inherits this. And who, who's the one that eats all the money when my brother inherits it? My sister-in-law, his wife. That's the Gerisna the, Deima. That she's, she's jealous of the fact that this sister-in-law is going to end up taking all of the income of the mother. So similarly you could say, so So when you have a sister-in-law, which is only a daughter of the father-in-law, even though she's not a daughter of the mother-in-law, but it's the same point that this sister-in-law is going to say, she's going she's to eat all the income of Benashoi. Benashoi refers to the father, to my father. So it's the same point, whether she's jealous of her sister-in-law that's going to end up getting all the income of her mother, when her father passes away, or she, she's going to get all the income of the father, of the father himself when he passes away. It goes to the son, and the, the son and his wife, the sister-in-law. Tashana, so, <coughs> so the Gemara brings a raya. It says, The Mishnah said, We trust everybody to say Eidos for this woman, that her husband passed away. Besides the five that are mentioned in the Mishnah. Vehemisa, if you're going to say that also a daughter from the father-in-law is not believed, so Shishavyan, it's not five, there's a sixth there. So it's the fact that the Mishnah gives a number five and it mentions only these, you see that this uh, sister-in-law that only shares the same father is not included in this case. Says the Gemara, no, not necessarily. Dilma, perhaps, Taimed the Bas the reason why you can't trust the daughter of the mother-in-law, is as we said, the Amra Ka'achla Ligarisna de Bey Nashoi, or the Bach is a Gaidisavi, like we said before, the Ka'achla Ligarisna de Ima. Now, over there, regarding the daughter of the mother in law, so she's jealous because she says, My sister in law is going to eat all the income of my mother. So it's the same thing also regarding the daughter of the father in law that, that uh, the, she says that my sister in law is going to eat everything that comes from the father. So, therefore, the exact same reason applies to both kinds of sister in laws, whether they share the same mother or the same father, but it's the same reason. So, there's no reason for the Mishnah to separate it as a separate one that we don't believe. It's included in the Five mentioned in the Mishnah. Okay, now the Gemara brings another Braise, and Bechlal asks a question from what it said in the Mishnah. 
Tanan, or as the Girsa over here is, Vahotanya, but we learned in another Braise, Chotz Misheba Noshim. That there are seven women that we don't trust to say regarding this woman that her husband passed away. And our Mishnah said only five. Answers the Gemara, Hahi Rabbi Yehudihi. That Braise follows Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. The Tanya, as we learned in the Braise, Rabbi Yehuda Maisif, Rabbi Yehuda adds to what it said in the Mishnah, Af Eishis Av, that we also add also the wife of a father, if a father got remarried. And it's uh, it's not uh, the mother of this uh, uh, mother-in-law of this uh, woman that she's saying Edus about. It's a different wife, so she's also not believed. There's also a certain hatred between a stepmother-in-law and the, and the daughter-in-law vehakala, and also a daughter-in-law is not believed to say Edus about her mother-in-law that her father-in-law passed away or her husband passed away. So she adds, sorry again, Rabbi Yehuda that is as these two women that are not believed. Amrulai, so the Chachamim said to Rabbi Yehuda, why are you counting this as separate? When you say that the father's wife is not believed, it's the same. It's, we include that, the same reason as we say that the Basabal, that if the husband has a daughter, that's not the daughter of his wife. So it's a stepdaughter. The same reason you say that a stepdaughter is not believed, the same for the same exact reason a stepmother or stepmother-in-law is not believed. It goes both ways. There's an animosity between them in both directions, so we don't have to count it separately. And Kala, same when it comes to a daughter-in-law. It's included in what we said regarding the mother-in-law. Just like we said, a mother-in-law had there's an, 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 a, a hatred between her and her daughter-in-law. So it goes the other way as well, that the daughter-in-law is not believed regarding her mother-in-law. So you don't have to count that separately. Rabbi Yehuda, so how does Rabbi Yehuda respond to this? Why did he count it separately? So he says as follows. It's understood why there's a hatred from the mother-in-law to her daughter-in-law. So there's a hatred to her daughter-in-law. The Amra, because as we said before, because the mother-in-law is saying to herself, that my daughter-in-law one day is going to come and take all my income. As it happens, if her husband passes away, the husband gets the income of his wife, and then he passes away, and it all goes to the son, and who eats it? My daughter-in-law is going to get everything. But when it comes to the daughter-in-law, my time is there's no reason for a daughter-in-law to hate her mother-in-law. So therefore, that, that, that's something that is not included in the, in, the, in the... When the Mishnah says that a mother-in-law is not believed for the daughter-in-law, there's no reason to say that it's the other way around as well, that a daughter-in-law hates her mother-in-law for the same reason. The same reason does not apply. And the same thing Rabbi Yudha says, It's understood why the, the daughter of, a, of, a, of the husband... It hates the wife of this husband. Her, her uh, in other words, she hates her um, stepmother. So why does she hate her stepmother? The Amra, because she says to herself, that now my stepmother is eating all the income of my mother. My mother was married to my father, and then my mother passed away, and all of my mother's income went to my father, and now who's the one that's getting everything? My stepmother. So therefore there's a certain hatred from the stepdaughter to the stepmother-in-law. It's the stepmother that is. But in the other direction, in the reverse, from the, from the stepmother to the stepdaughter, my time is basabal. What reason would there be for the stepmother to hate the stepdaughter? What is the stepdaughter taking from the stepmother? So therefore, Abhuta says, we can't say that it goes in both directions. So, so the Gemara asks, so, Elo, my, Moisif, Tarti. so then why is it that Rabbi Yudha adds these two and says that a daughter-in-law and, a, and, a, and a, you know, the Aishas Av and the Kala, that the, the stepmother and the Kala, why, why is it that there is the, the, the hatred over here that he adds them? Elo, Kala, 
my time Sanya Lachamaisa. Why is there a hatred between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law? So he's the Gemara answers. This is actually for a different reason. Nothing to do with the point that we said until here, which is that the one is afraid that the other is taking away their income. It's a different thing. The Megala Lubna called the Avda. Because a mother-in-law has a relationship with her son and she's critical about, uh, she's critical about her daughter-in-law. She speaks, to, she speaks to her son about things that her daughter-in-law does and things that she doesn't like that her daughter-in-law does. So therefore, that brings a hatred between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law. Pashat Bepashtus, away. Okay, I'll go upon him. Nothing to do with the, with the money that she, she might take from her in the future, but the fact that a, a mother-in-law is critical of her daughter-in-law and she says it to her son. Eishas Av Nami. Similar also regarding a stepmother as well. Sonia Labasa Balsa. Why does a, 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 a stepmother hate her stepdaughter? Because also a similar thing. The Megala Laavia called Avda. Because the father has a good relationship with his daughter. And the daughter speaks to the father about the negative things that she sees on her stepmother. So therefore, the stepmother doesn't like this critical uh, outlook that her, his, her stepdaughter has on her. So it's a separate reason. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda counts these two separately as, as uh, the, they're not included in the others that are already mentioned in the Mishnah. Gemara goes back to the opinion of the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon that say that the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, that they're both included in one, they're both counted together. Why, why are they both included together? Because the nature is that the, the way the water reflects the image of a person that puts his face towards the water, the same thing is also that the fact that the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law, and, and the, 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 the Gemara explained before, the mother-in-law hates the daughter-in-law for good reason, because one day she's thinking that the daughter-in-law is going to take all my money when my, when my son is going to inherit all the, everything from the father. But, but and the daughter-in-law has no reason to hate the mother-in-law. But the very fact that there's a hatred from the mother-in-law to the daughter-in-law, so it, it's in return as well. Kamayim upon him, upon him. So therefore, that is included as one. So therefore, it's not counted separately. And the same thing is also regarding the stepmother and the stepdaughter, that it's kamayim upon him, upon him, and therefore it's not counted separately. Rabbi Yehuda, so why does not Rabbi Yehuda, why doesn't he agree to this? It's a befeidish apostle, kamayim upon him, upon him, so there's no reason to count it separately. She says, no, he bedivre teiriksev. That Pasik is actually speaking about a completely different thing. It's talking about the person learning teira. And now she has two pshatim with this. One pshat is that the kind of investment, the way you put your mind and heart, your lave into teira, that is the extent that the teira will be absorbed in you. That's one pshat Rashi says. Another pshat Rashi says is regarding a teacher and student. That the more a teacher is, gives over his heart the way he teaches his students, that's the extent that the students will learn and accept and absorb the words of Taita that the, the teacher teaches them. But it's not speaking about general relationships between t- people. In Marav and Eretz Yisrael, they asked the following question. A mother-in-law, a potential mother-in-law, that she could become your mother-in-law afterwards. What's the Allah of this? So what's this potential mother-in-law? In a case where a person that doesn't have any children yet, and his wife, he might, if he passes away, so his wife is going to have to get married to the brother, and now that brother has a different mother. They share the same father, but they don't share the same mother. So therefore, one day you might have to get married to this brother, and now you're going to have a new mother-in-law. So that potential mother-in-law. So is she also thinking about the future that one day this, this woman may be my daughter-in-law and therefore there's already a hatred over there because of the future or not? 
Mi maska adaita. Is she thinking already about this? The Mizbal, her husband will pass away, the Nafla Kame Yavam, and therefore she's going to get married to my son, to this Yavamir, and therefore Visanyala, there's already a hatred between them, so she's not trusted to say Edus. Or it doesn't go so far into the future. You have to look into the present. If in the present she is her daughter in law, so then there's a hatred. But because of something that will happen in the future, that's not a reason there should be a hatred. Toshima, so the Gemara brings a raya from something that says later here, Omra, Meiz Baili, a woman comes and says, my husband passed away. Vachakach Meiz Chami. And then my, my, my father-in-law passed away. So, Tinosei Vititul Ksuba. Regarding this that she says about her own husband, she's believed, like every woman is believed to say about her <coughs> own husband that he passed away so she can get remarried. And like we said in our Mishnah, the Maskan is that she also gets the money of Ksuba. But Navachamaisa, the aid is that she's saying regarding her father-in-law that passed away, and therefore her, do- her, her mother-in-law is allowed to get married to whoever she wants, no, Asura. For that, she's not believed. So now as Rashi points out, the main chiddush over here is, really she's saying two separate testimonies that have nothing to do with each other. Regarding herself, regarding her own husband, she's believed. Regarding her father-in-law, it's a separate edus. And regarding that, she's not believed. But the chiddush over here is, if she is being believed regarding her husband that he passed away, so now she's not a daughter-in-law anymore. So if she's not a daughter-in-law anymore, so she's like any other woman that should be believed to say about her father-in-law that he passed away, and that her mother-in-law should be a mutter. But not, the, the, the Mishnah here is saying that still she's not believed regarding her father-in-law. So the Gemara now explains, My time suda. So why is it that her mother-in-law is going to be usher? She, we don't trust the daughter-in-law about this. Love isn't the reason. Because we say, That regarding this aspect of her edus, that she's saying, regarding her mother-in-law, that she's mutter, that we don't trust her. And we say her husband did not pass away. And her father-in-law didn't pass away either. The only reason she's saying this is She's all doing this in order to mess up things for her mother-in-law. Why? Because she's thinking to herself, Later, when my husband returns, That I should not get the, the suffering that I have from my mother-in-law. In other words, going back to the Svara that the Gemara said before. The Gemara here is following the Svara that we said before. What's the reason for the hatred between a daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law? Because the mother-in-law is critical about the daughter-in-law and speaks to her husband, to her husband, her son about it. So now, so what the Gemara is saying is, her husband is not in town right now. He's not here. He left. So presently, she's not getting any suffering from her mother-in-law that's talking to her husband. But nevertheless, she, she's concerned about what's going to happen in the future, when her husband is going to come back, and then her mother-in-law is going to again be critical and speak to her husband about her. So therefore, she's ready now to say this edus, to mess up things for her mother-in-law because of the future. So the Gemara wants to prove from here, the same thing is also regarding the question we asked, regarding a potential mother-in-law that may become their mother-in-law in the future, that also there I say that that mother-in-law already has a hatred to her potential daughter-in-law because of the future. Says the Gemara, no, you can't compare to that case. Dilma Shani Hasam, over there, when you have this daughter-in-law, even though she's only worried about something of the future, but it's different, because the Ragesh Latsara, she already felt this pain from her mother-in-law before. 
She got married and she had trouble from her mother-in-law being critical about it to her husband before. True, in the present, her husband is out of town. She doesn't feel that pressure now. But she already felt it in the past. So that's why over there, we can say that she's concerned about the future. But over here, regarding a potential mother-in-law that was never a mother-in-law before, who says that uh, the mother-in-law takes that into account? And eight comes and says, Mace, that the husband passed away. And Vinicius, and this, this wife already got remarried. Now, another eight comes along and says, no, the husband did not pass away. So you have one against one. So at this point, she does not have to leave her husband that she got remarried to. One eight comes and says her husband died. And then two come and say that the husband did not die. So now it's two against one. Even if she already got remarried, she has to leave her present husband. Two came and said that her husband died. And it's only one that came and said that he did not die. So now, even if she did not get married yet, she can go and get married. It's two against one, so she can get married. So the Gemara starts with the first case of the Mishnah. What did it say? You have one aide that said that the husband died. And then she already got married. And now another aide came and said that the husband died. She doesn't have to leave her second marriage. It says the Gemara, time at Denisis. So it seems from the Mishnah, the reason over here that we trust the first aide is because she already got married. But if she did not get remarried yet, so then, now when it's one against one, she should not go and get married. In fact, why is that so? But all is said as follows. The rule is, whenever the Teir is trusting the words of an Eidechot, once we accept the words of the Eidechot, his words are as strong as the words of two Eidechot. Now, if so, once we accept his words as two aid, so now when there's another aid that comes and tells us that the husband did not pass away, he is only one aid, and he's one against two. So therefore, even if she did not get married yet, she should be allowed to get married based on the words of this two aides that we consider to be like two aides. Uh, again? No, because the first Eidus, the halacha is that we accept it because Mishumi Guna Kilo Barabanan, there's a special kula that we, can, we accept the words of that one Eid. And therefore, once we believe them, they're considered, him that is, we consider it like two. But the second Eid is just an Eid Echad. There's no special halacha of a kula to accept the words of the second Eid. And it says, the Gemara, you're right, and therefore we have to reinterpret the Mishnah. <coughs> this is what the Mishnah meant to say. When you have a that says that her husband passed away, and she did not get remarried yet. They ask that she's allowed to get remarried. And then after that, another aide comes along and says that the husband did not die. What the Mishnah was saying is that the heter that was already given to her, she does not lose that heter because of the second aide that came along. That's what the Mishnah meant to say. So it's taki, even before she got married, we trust the words of the Eid, that's two. And the Mishnah said, Eid Oymimais, one Eid said that the husband passed away, and then two came and said that he did not die. So even if she already got married, she has to leave this marriage, because it's not two against one. So two is definitely stronger than one. Says the Gemara, Pshite, this would be this is an obvious thing. The words of one aid have no place, have no trust whatsoever when you have two aidim that are saying that he's still alive. So what's the Chiddush of our Mishnah? The Chiddush of our Mishnah is In a case when you have possible aidis that are speaking here. And like the Rabbi Nechemia said, 
Whenever it's a case that the Torah does trust in Eidechad, so Haleich Achal Roiv Deis. So you follow the majority opinion that that that's saying. And you consider two women that are speaking against one man, like two men that are speaking against one woman. So that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah over here. Uh, again, <coughs> like two men that are speaking against one man. Just like when two men are speaking against one man, so you trust the two against one. That's that was the pshita. That was obvious. But the chiddush over here, according to Rav Nechemia, is that when it comes to an Eidecha, that the Torah believes that this one aid, but nevertheless, the two women are still going to be strong, even though two women are Pasal but the two women are still going to be believed stronger than the first Eidecha that was believed. And that was the case of a Mishnah when it said that another two came, it wasn't speaking about two Kosher it was speaking about two Pasal same or another version, in understanding what Rav Nechemia's opinion is, if there was one kosher that came first and said testimony here, in this case, or in any case, where the Torah believes this Eidechot. So then, over here, Abnechemi did not say that two women or any two possible Eidechot could speak against this one Eid. Over here, even if a hundred women will come and say Eidechot against this one kosher Eid, so he's gonna, they, these a hundred women are going to be the same. They're going to be equivalent to this one Eid. And they, they can't reject, they can't take away these words of this aid. Ella, what did Rav Nechemia mean to say? What was the case he was speaking about? It's not only the second aidus that came that are apostle aidus, but the original first aid that came is also apostle aidus, because it's a woman that came first. And this is how you have to interpret what Rav Nechemia said. Rabbi Nechemi said, Whenever the Torah believes one aid, you follow the majority opinion. And in what case was Rabbi Nechemi speaking about? If it's two women that are now coming to contradict the words of the first aid, which was also a puzzle aid, she was a woman as well, like two men against one man, just like when you have kashreides. So if you have two kashreides against one kashreid, it's the same with posseleides when you have two posseleides against one posseleid. And that is what our Mishnah was speaking about. Aval if it's two posseleides, two women against one man, kapalgo palgadami. Over there, uh, Rabbi Nechemia would agree that it's like half and half, because once you believe the first kashreid, so that first kashreid is like two, and now, when you have another two women, which are two Pasleidis, it's going to be considered to be like two against two. And the Mishnah said, Shnayim If two Adam say that the husband passed away, and one Ad says that he did not pass away, so even if she did not get married yet, she can go ahead and get married. Because you have two Adis. Once two Adis say that the husband passed away, there's no issue. So, what would be the Chiddush here? Obviously, you have two Eidus that are saying this. What would be the Chiddush? Says the Gemara, Eidus, is the Chiddush here that we're also speaking in this case, not about two kosher Eidus that came and said this, and then one Eid. What we're speaking, the whole case here is also about Pasal Eidus. And the Chiddush is like Rab Nechemia that said, the Asul Basa Reiv Deis, the Mishnah is coming to tell you that not only regarding kosher Eidus, where it's obvious that once you have two Eidus, you can't trust one, but even regarding Pasal Eidus, we say that we follow the majority opinion against one. Is that the Chiddush of our Mishnah? But if so, Hainu Hach, it's the exact same Chiddush that we just explained regarding the previous case of the Mishnah, that it was only a Chiddush according to Rav Nechemia. So what's it saying now? 
And says the Gemara, no, there is an additional Chiddush here, because Ma'o de Teime, I would think to say, Ki Yazlinam Basarayv Deis, when did Rav Nechem say regarding Pasaleides that you follow majority opinion, Lechomre, in the previous case, where it came out to be a stringency, that you had afterwards the two, the two Edus that came and said that the husband did not pass away, so it's a stringency. But over here you're following the two first Edus that were Pasaleides and came and said that the husband did pass away, so it's a leniency over here, maybe I don't follow Rav Nechemi's opinion. Kamash Malan, so this therefore the mission has to tell me that the halacha of Rav Nechemia, that by postulators you follow the majority opinion applies even to a case where you're using the majority opinion to be lenient.